Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And my guest this week may need a stiff drink after possibly biting off more than they can chew with a huge life change that saw them switch from actors to farmers with two small children, oh, and now with twins on the way. Self-proclaimed townies, he played farmer Andy Sugden for 20 years on Emmerdale, and alongside him, his wife, also an actress, Liz, uh, they decided to take a leap of faith and buy a 120-acre farm in the Peak District, all of which would make perfect sense if only he or she knew anything about farming. And to give you an idea of how basic his knowledge is, he thought that all sheep were the same, but it turns out there are more than 10,000 distinct breeds of domestic sheep in the world. Yeah. He joined the cast of Emmerdale at the age of 12 and 20 years later quit the show, swapping his wellies for sequins on Strictly as a last-minute replacement for an injured Jamie Lang and famously went on to win the show. The pair of them grew up just streets away from one another in Oldham and started dating in their early 20s, marrying seven years ago. They have two young children, Marnie and Milo, with two more on the way. So let's find out how life as real-life farmers is working out for them and dial up Kelvin Fletcher and Liz Marsland. Hello. Hello, Kate. <laughs> First and foremost, congratulations on, on your lovely impending news. This is great. Twins are on the way. They are. They are on the way. It feels like a long time to go yet, but they are going to be on the way. <laughs> I know you've got another three months, haven't you? And And I mean, obviously, you know, extra hands on the farm at some stage down the line, but how on earth is life treating you on your farm. I'm three episodes in on BBC One, and frankly, I'm staggered um, by your naivety. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for good TV, though, eh? <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, you just sit there and go, oh, this is good. Obviously, he's learned loads about farming, doing 20 years on Emmerdale. No, you didn't, <laughs> did you? Not, not a thing, not a thing. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I mean, the whole pro... This was a year in the making, Uh you know, from deciding to to take the plunge, move out into the countryside, you know, move to a farm, then it's kind of all, you know, organically, genuinely kind of developed from there. So with no real desire to to go in and become farmers, it was just a case of a new change, you know, a new way of life, living in the countryside. That happened to be via a farm. And then once we kind of got there and got a quick introduction into farming we're just like well maybe we could try this we'll start small and we'll go from there so as the program shows you know we were so green i knew very very little but um 
I just thought I'd learn on the job. That that kind of didn't scare me because I knew that you know it was all temporary. Um, what I don't know today, I'll certainly know tomorrow. So I've just continued to apply myself like that. And you know, I, what you're seeing on TV now is obviously a year ago. So a year later, yeah. we've, we've moved on. We've, we've continued to expand. And um, yeah, alongside our day day jobs as, as actors, it's it's very much another career and it's something we absolutely allow to consume us, and, and we love it. It's fascinating. It's 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 you know at times it can be pretty overwhelming and a little bit daunting because you, there's just so much you need to learn and understand and there's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders not just for the upkeep of the animals and, and their well-being but just to run a business as well you know that that's commercial ultimately this is a business and, and this is what we're trying to explore and, and and different areas in which we can commercialize our site our land um and and as creatives that's that's the exciting bit because that's where you've got to think yeah. out of the box and, and, and think you know how can we make this work so it's all been a roller coaster and obviously what you guys are seeing is does make for entertaining tv because yes i didn't know there were various breeds i just thought sheep with sheep you put them in the field eat the grass and jobs are good and <laughs> <laughs> turns out there's ten thousand different types <laughs> all with different values and from different parts of the world i mean you've you've, you've got jilly your neighbor who has, um, has been a real hand to hold throughout all of this, but also um, a fountain of tough love. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't spare your feelings, does she? When you've been stupid, she's like, you idiots. She's, she's kind of to you. She's, she's really, really soft with Liz. Whereas with me, it's absolutely tough love. You know, there's a, it's funny because me looking back at those episodes, I remember when Julie was like that. She was really kind of quite brutal with me. You know, I'd only just started and a couple of times... I thought to myself, is she just doing this for the sake of the cameras? And, but she wasn't. That's just Jilly, you know. And there was an assumption with Jilly that, you know, like, for instance, a you. I remember once asking what a you is. What's a you? She said, what do you mean, what's a you? I, I said, what's a you? And she just assumed that I knew it was a female sheep. And I was like, well, just tell me a boy a boy sheep or a girl sheep. That's that's the level I'm at currently. So, you know, the, the, ling the lingo, we've not quite got there yet. But she was always quite tough with me and very much, like you said, tough love. Whereas with Liz, um, she she took you under her wing. And I, well, I've I don't ask stupid questions like that. Maybe you don't, yeah. I've never heard you, I've never heard you get a bollocking off Gillian. I've no. had, I, I used to get 10 a day. But she is girl power of farming, you know. Everything she's about is so inspirational and you just think, go on, Jilly. So she's not got time for Kelvin, you know, not being able to look at maggots or inject. She's just like, get on with it. I mean, are you still retching at things like cutting poo out of a sheep's bum? Or are you over that now? Oh, I'm over that now. I was on Christmas Day. I was injecting. Uh, we had a, we had a sheep with a bit of foot rot. Unfortunately, not quite as bad, as bad as what you saw with the whole maggots. But it, it is a, a regular thing. There were no maggots for our sheep, but she had been kind of limping for a few days, and um, we gave her a shot of basically antibiotics. And uh, and I did that. I administered that myself. So we have come a long way. Um, well so I can done. touch poo now. Yeah, we we kind of needed to, I guess. Liz, what about you? I mean, obviously you've got you know two babies in your tummy right now so there's a there's a limit to what you could do physically on the farm but have you got your hands dirty yeah i've i think i've been stuck in from day one i i just get on with things whether it's the kids or the farm whatever it is but at the minute I can't go near the sheep because it's a danger for pregnant women. Mm, so actually, yeah. I've stepped back a little bit. I'll clear out the stables and prepare them all for lambing season. I'll sort the pigs out. But when it comes to the sheep now, I'm fully off off the job until the babies come. What about your allergy to things like horses and hay? Because that seemed like something you should have considered before you've bought 120 acres. <laughs> Do you know, it was a, ma a massive worry. I thought I'm going to sneeze for the rest of my life when we move here. <laughs> 
But do you know what? I am cured, you know. I've, I've barely sneezed. I don't go near the horses. That is an allergy I'm not going to be able to get rid of. But everything else, hay or even just, uh, you know, a little bit of sunlight and I would be sneezing like crazy. I, I'm, I'm completely... Wow. breathing. <laughs> Maybe that's the next arm of your commercial venture. People with allergies just can come and gather, gather immunity. I'll cure you. <laughs> so a year in, talk to me. What have you learned? Are you better? And are you staying with it? Is, is, it, is this you for life? Are we better? That's a good question. That is a good... Well, I mean, it's, a, it's an easy answer. We, we're much better. We, we, our, our journey has been... I think as it as it would, it naturally would. Anybody who kind of would throw themselves into the deep end in such a fashion, it's sink or swim, isn't it? And there was a lot on the line, you know, uh, family. In, in some aspect, we're representing people who, are, you know, need to earn a, a livelihood. Yes, we've got jobs elsewhere, but our our efforts were absolutely, this has got to work. So our commitment has not, you know, it's been absolutely unwavering. And um you know, happy to report a year down the line, we've 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 upscaled with our livestock, with you know, with, with our sheep, with our breeding facilities. We're exploring variations of breeding within artificial insemination, with not just getting males in, but so our knowledge of of, of, of the farming sector has uh, has massively increased. Um, you know, with obviously we we qualify for certain subsidies and whatnot um, because we have got over a certain acreage. So all things like that, which I kind of knew before we moved. Um, I, I, that's the stuff I research, the more financial stuff and understanding what it's like to be a landowner. The fundamentals of having to inject a sheep and what a ewe is and things like that. That's what I didn't learn. For me, that would just come on as, as and when the job, you know, I, as and when yeah. I was on the job. But the real the job, yeah. responsibilities, you know, we, we'd kind of already got them in hand. So a year later, we... I won't say, we're not fully fledged farmers yet, really, are we? I, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think so. We keep being told that we're not. Julie because... would say we're not farmers, but we have to do a year, apparently, a full circle until we're actually officially farmers. But we are definitely, really? have a, we've got a bit of a routine going on now. We know what's needed, don't we? Yeah, and I'm getting, it's funny, I was out in the field yesterday with a sheep and uh, we've got, obviously, this time of year, there's not much grass. And I was thinking that I felt a couple of the sheep and they started to lose condition. So just not th get too thin, but obviously they're carrying, carrying lambs and you've got to be mindful that when there's no, not as much grass, you kind of need to substitute that grass with, with other feed. And my instinct said, move them to another field because this grass is a little bit short. And, uh, and also move the males away because they're a little bit boisterous still and I don't want them knocking the females and I'm obviously miscarrying or anything like that. So I rang Jilly up, my mentor, and I said, Jilly, I've, you know, I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think? And she goes, yeah, you're right, let's do it. So she was very much, um, my instinct is already kind of in tune and, and, and I'm making the kind of right decisions, but I'm still going to her for a bit of advice, but I am definitely learning. There you go. Look at that. i tell you what else I noticed um, has happened. And Liz, tell me if you've, you've felt the vibes, but uh, I mentioned to a couple of uh, people this week that we were chatting and obviously people are able to follow your adventures on BBC One every week with, um, with, with the show. The men started swooning a bit like they did with Amanda the Shepherd. There was a lot of, oh my God, that Liz, she's amazing. It's like you've got... It's like your country pin-up. Have you not? Maybe it's because you live in the middle of nowhere surrounded by <laughs> sheep. But seriously, there's a lot of like gooey-eyed, oh, Liz. Oh, Liz. Oh, my God. Oh, hey, wow. Kelsey, you better watch out. Hey. You better watch I mean, it. <laughs> I'll take seriously. it. I'm not feeling the sexiest right now, so I will take it. <laughs> 
number one, taking on the joint responsibilities of running a farm together with really no idea about what you're actually doing. Uh, what have you most admired about one another as you've navigated this new way of living and earning? And what's completely driven the pair of you to distraction about the other? Uh, Go on, Kelvin, give me a list of all the things you admire about me. We are very different. <laughs> First and foremost. What kind of style is that? <laughs> we are very, very different. Um, and I guess that's, that's, <laughs> that's quite good because then it's easy. When I'm wrong, you're generally right. And when you're right, I'm je- when you're wrong, I'm right. When I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah, go yeah. on. Go on. Where are you going? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Liz, you're <being laughs> so good here. I think I guess the initial, <laughs> the initial process. Oh my God. You're initial... really struggling with this. Do you need No, no. You've done amazing things. I'm just trying to think what's, I'm just trying to think what's the most significant. And for me, the most significant, I mean, becoming, you know, it's not related to this particular question, but becoming a mum was, was, you know, the most, my always not a worry, I guess, but we, I was so in love with you. I fancied you. I got on with you. I had a laugh. You were just like a little mate. And, and, and I love the whole aspect. And then you were such an independent, career-driven, just cool chick. And I thought, I, all, I, all I ever wanted was children. And I was thinking, I wonder if Liz wants kids. And it's that question that maybe you're not too bothered about in your early 20s, in, in your late teens, early 20s. But then for me, I was always kind of thinking ahead in that sense because I had a brother 13 years my junior. So during my late teens and early 20s, it's, at times it felt like I had a son. And I always kind of fantasized what it'd be like uh. to have my own kids. And then suddenly I fall in love with the one and I'm thinking, and I just used to get a bit of a feeling, and I don't know why it was obviously wrong, but I don't know if, kid, if Liz wants kids, which is, you know, I have a lot of friends who don't particularly want kids. Either they want to have a career, they want holidays, or they, which is, you know. Or well, they just don't want kids. Or they just don't want yeah. kids, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and then I thought, what will, because I absolutely do want kids. So, and Liz just never struck me for as a really maternal woman even with you know my my little brother she was kind of his mate she didn't want to you were a cuddly I don't know you just didn't for me you didn't remind me of my mum who was it was very obviously maternal and I got the shock of my life when we had well when we when you said to me I want to have I want to have a baby and I was like oh brilliant <laughs> and then the way then you I went through your pregnancy the way then you brought up our children it, it would you are you know you are first and foremost in my eyes and don't please don't say this is the you know the, the best thing about you as is a mum an amazing mum you know who's had that ability to just be a great role model you know be a, the rock of the family you, which you are you know and then, and then be still be a really sexy wife as all those guys in London keep saying <laughs> <laughs> you know but you, you've represented everything I think a strong woman should be and, and you know and, and I've, you know, my mum was, 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 was that for, for me and, and my dad and my family. And you've done that. You've been an absolutely amazing mum. So that's been the most impressive thing. You've still continued to have your career and, uh, and your fun element and your friends and you're very much your own life, which I think is important and integral. But you've, you've just given yourself and allowed yourself to be a mum. And what's interesting is that when women become mothers, they have to compromise an awful lot, arguably more than the guy with a career or with not drinking for nine months or for two years or whatever it might be. It's a, a lot more taxing just with the way biology states on the female than it is on the male. And, and I think that is something that I'll be forever grateful of. So that first and foremost was the biggest, you know, for me, the most inspiring and kind of impressed 
I've ever been of you, just the amazing mum you've been. Then when, when I say to you... Oh, Liz. I, no, I'm going to get that recorded and play it every day to remind myself. Well, you'll, you'll cut that bit out anyway, because that wasn't directed <laughs> you know to the what? question. But <laughs> it's in answer. No, no, do you know, Cal- Calvin... Kelvin, I truly 100% will keep in every single word of it. And you've actually put a tear in my eye with that. Oh, That was a bit of a love letter there. How did that feel, Liz? <laughs> Honestly, we've been so busy. We've not spoken to each other like that in what feels like months, does it? And no. that is oh. possibly up there with um, your wedding speech, Kelvin. I'm, I'm going to cling really? on to that oh. moment, yeah. Well, you know, it's true. You, you, yeah. He's very... I love it when this podcast does good. <laughs> if I wasn't pregnant, I'd be getting pregnant. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I think, I think, I, I guess, continuing from that, moving here, you know, in your, uh, you know, we, we, before we had kids, we had this, we were traveling a lot and doing a lot of things. That's the kind of time to do it. People always say, the minute you have kids, you pick a school and that's, you've kind of got to be settled to that area, isn't it? Because you've got to say, well, where are the kids going to go to school? They kind of take over your priorities then. Wrong, you know, wrong, well, rightly. That, that's kind of, does tend to happen. Yeah. So when you've got a young, what did we have? You know, we had a young four-year-old, a two-year-old, and then we're jobbing actors. So I'd left... Uh, you know, a very cushy job in many ways, an amazing job that I was very happy to go and seek my artistic desires and ambitions to be a proper big drama actor, to do theatre, to, to direct, to write scripts, to, to figure my, myself out as, as a creative. So she kind of stood by me and allowed me to do that. Uh, and then when she became a mum with a young family, mouths to feed, you know, food to put on the table, and I'm then saying, oh, let's go and move into the countryside to do something completely different and become farmers. You know, probably she should have turned around and said, don't be ridiculous, we're so selfish. We've got responsibilities now. We can't do those, make those big decisions like that. And she didn't. She was like, well, yeah, let's do it. So I think for me, with all that, all that kind of um, responsibility on your shoulders, I, I've put so much on you, uh, I continue to do, and because I, I just think it'll be great for the kids and it'll be a great ed- sen- sense of adventure, but sometimes I don't really think of the, of the true impact. And... And you probably probably bear that, but yet I still allow for it to go up, you know, to go ahead. And because ultimately, we think it's for the right reasons. You know, we're, we're happy and it's great. But yeah, I think I, I guess I don't appreciate all the time of, of how how strong you are and how willing and, and free you are and able to let us have a varied life like that. I guess. Oh, Kelvin. So there you go. I'm man alive. I'm having a little cry here. <laughs> I can't answer. I don't think I can answer. After so go that. on. What's been the most impressive thing about me? Oh, but honestly, hold on. Before we just move on from this, because you, you just let that let those words sink in, Liz. That's so lovely. And actually, from what you said, Calvin, it just shows you how much faith she has in you. That she will hold your hands and drive. You know, jump on that magic carpet for a ride, because she feels like you know she's safe in your your hands. Yeah, at times when it's uh, things are going, oh, Liz, I think we're a bit off more than we can do here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was your idea, Kevin. It was your idea. <laughs> well, yeah, you've got to laugh for a bit of that. I mean, give the woman a break. She's, yeah. as we just heard, freaking amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's not always like that. <laughs> but this is, this is oh. where I, I'll let the side down. Because Kelvin is very emotionally in touch with his, his he can articulate the most incredible feelings and this is where you where you probably thought I wasn't going to be maternal I, I can be quite not cold as such but I am very ice queen <laughs> well, yeah oh there you go it's coming out now <laughs> no, no, you're, not, you're not cold you're frozen yeah <laughs> 
But I am very like, you've got to get the job done. This has to happen. Blah, blah, blah. You know. And brutal. You're like Jilly. I, I can Tough be love. quite brutal, yeah. And, <laughs> and sometimes when Kelvin is down about things, I'm like, you just got to get your priorities right. This is ridiculous. You just got to get on with it and move on. And you can't dwell on things sometimes. And that's probably where I'm a little bit too tough. And I should probably give you a lot more, tell you how much I do appreciate things that you do. And one of my favorite things about Kelvin is just how driven he is. And life with Kelvin is not boring. It's not average. It's, there's always from day one, honestly, from our first day, everything has been exciting throughout the 60, oh, I don't even know how long we've been together, 16 years, longer? Oh, wow. I remember to the day. Oh, what, eight years old? No, as in how many years, days, months and days? Oh, go on. I'm I mean... joking. I'm on that side. <laughs> but yeah, and I love that about Kelvin. And he is very, he's all about the family. What's right for the family? And yes, it puts a lot of pressure on me, some of these decisions, because he has to be gone to make these moves happen for us all. But we have to find that balance together. And and deep down sometimes it does get frustrating if he's away a lot or you know and and we're too busy sometimes just to have that family balance but at the same time think I wouldn't change it because I wouldn't want that same routine every single day I wouldn't want that kind of nine to five life that just isn't our kind of way of life sometimes is it I wish it was in some days you know my, I think my brother's got a real structured um consistent um He's very content, very mm. happy. You know, I envy his, um, it's, it's incredible really because his aspirations are not kind of like, we don't share our level of aspiration because he's, he's very much present, very much in the moment and just very content. Whereas naturally mm. me, I just chase, you know, whether it's a career or mm. a material, whatever it might be, you know, or, you know, moments, memories, occasions. I, I just know that I always want more as such, but I love it and I, I want another one, another one. And, and with that comes inevitably a lack of inability to be present and to value and, and reflect yeah. what, you, what you've got. And sometimes you can, yeah, it's great being adventurous and, and you're chasing this and it's exciting and it's, you know, no two days are the same. But that with that, there's got to be that balance where you can just be a little bit more, just slow down and, and you know, and wind, wind back a little bit and less is more, you know? So I, I know I'm guilty of that. I, I, and that's something that we've consciously tried to, um, you know, not change as such, but just address, I guess lockdown helps with everyone. You know, it, you couldn't yeah. be anything but present. You couldn't be mm -hmm. anything but look back, take what you've got, look at your house, look at your garden and think actually, yeah, we've done all right. I've spent, I'm at work every day and I'm this and that. I'm thinking the next thing, let's just, what's important to me? And the important for, for me, it's different to everybody, was, was wife, children, my, I valued my friendships, my, suddenly everything was just because you didn't get them, you know, you realise suddenly what you've got when it's gone and, mm. and we all had a moment of that. So, yeah, it's been pretty... And we recognised what we missed, didn't we? And yeah. it, wasn't, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the stuff that people would necessarily assume. Um, it was people, it was yeah. time, it, yeah, it was it relationships. Was time. I mean, ideally, some of those moments could have been played out under a palm tree on a nice beach somewhere. <laughs> but fundamentally, it was the people. It was the relationships. And I really, I really recognize a lot of what you're saying about, A, your drive, which is amazing and how motivating that is to, to be around. Because, Liz, that's quite infectious, isn't it? Yeah. But also, I do understand as well, when you look at somebody who is... Um, just content with their lot that doesn't have that. What else? What else? What next? It's quite exhausting sometimes being that driven, isn't it? Yeah. 
Sometimes it would be nice to be just happy where you are. Yeah. You go, oh, this is good. It is, and it feels like we're working towards that. One day that will happen for us, and it almost feels like we're doing all this to get to that one day, but... Right now, this is where we're at. And I think that's why I agree to so many of Kelvin's ideas or we come together and create these ideas together because I know that whatever he puts his mind to and we'll do it jointly, it will be absolutely wholeheartedly 100% effort behind it. It's never just an idea that's like a bit of a pipe dream and it just will fade away eventually. I know that whatever we decide to do together, we will go the whole way with it and and we are safe together and and it'll be exciting along that journey and i don't know if we realize how exciting it is right now when you're in it <laughs> but i do feel like when we look back and we're old and we're sat in a sat in our armchairs spilling cups of tea on ourselves we'll say do you remember when we did that and we'll do you remember look when back we, when, when we yeah. bought a farm with two young kids and we and then we had twins <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing do you remember how to- <laughs> Well, that's the stuff we'll laugh at, and, and I think it's... Yeah, we won't be laughing in a few months, but we will in years yeah. to come. I, I do feel, I think my teammate says, so I, I, I race cars as well, and my teammate has done some incredible things in his racing career. He's won Le Mans, he's raced in America, Indy 500. These things, as, as, as a racing driver, it's absolute, you know, it's the, the bucket list. And he's done all that. And now, years later, he's racing with some random actor in a UK championship, still at a top level, but, you know, it's very, very uh, worlds apart from what he's done in the past. And I sometimes said to him, Martin, how does this compare? And he said, Kelvin, genuinely, and he's got such a great outlook on life. It is, and it's an old saying, it's the journey, not the destination. And you can get so fixated on chasing that F1 dream in, in, his, in his case. And you sometimes really goes, but this here, now what we're doing, is the most fulfilling. And, it, it, and it's all about that journey and... And that's what I've come to realize now. I'm still as ambitious. I'm still as driven. I still love to chase. And, 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 and it's that sense of being the underdog or sense of, you know, sometimes buying off more than you can choose. For me, a challenge. I want to challenge myself in every way, artistically, as, as career, as ideas, whatever it might be. Um, and that's what I seek. But at the same time, I'm enjoying the adventure. I am present and I'm enjoying the chaos. I'm enjoying the... Because there's no other way. Because if not, you'll go mad. If you're trying to run a, a farm as a newbie... I was in Budapest filming a drama, you know, it's, it's back and forth, back and forth. If you don't kind of enjoy the moment and accept the chaos, the very nature of what you're doing, you're going to go mad because it is crazy. It is a little bit. Most of my friends, my own mum and dad say, Kelvin, what are you? You're mad. Don't do that. You know, that they wouldn't, but they're not me. I, I can never, and this is where we are different. I guess if, for you, if you didn't need to work ever again, in a sense, you'd be happy just to leisurely spend time with your friends every day or what? Was with me. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I, I have to have something. I, I want to challenge myself. I, will, I love hard work. I love absolute graft. If that's writing a script, if that's right, fixing a, something outside, a drainage, whatever it is, I love getting my hands dirty. And I, I need that. I just need to be doing something all the time. I couldn't just sit back and do nothing. That's, just, that's, that's why I think I am so driven. Are you ready for your next question? Ready. You both grew up in Oldham, just streets away from each other, but it was many years later uh, that you actually got together. So when else in life has the thing or the person or the opportunity you've always been waiting for been seemingly right under your nose? You know, weirdly, maybe this farm. 
because the direct obvious link that that's that's asserted is inst- you played a farmer for 20 years yeah I, and I'm, and i kind of think yeah but what's the you know and maybe that was the you know i remember arriving playing that character artistically it was amazing because it was such a troubled little character i could relate to him you know as an actor there was there was so many upsetting scenes uh, you know emotional scenes it was really challenging as a young actor uh, you know on such a prestigious tv show that so that was a great opportunity that was very exciting but i remember kind of doing scenes on tractors or farming or just out with animals and and that was a complete opposite to i think the only time i'd ever kind of been stood in a field you know from where i grew up it was very much not part of i was a proper townie so to suddenly be out in the countryside at seven o'clock in the morning, albeit filming a fictional show, I still got a sense. And, and from there, I had a massive just affection for, for that way of life, you know. And I knew it was fiction. I knew it was pretending I was playing a character. But I did often used to think to myself, it just to be, and it sounds daft, but, you know, to be at one with nature, to be out there just taking the fresh air and working hard. And it, I, I guess for me, that's that was the thing that was always right under our noses, really. And it's funny how, you know, all these years later, we've realized it with no real direct connection ourselves. But then when people mention it, naturally, there is a little bit of synergy, but it wasn't. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess that's that's the first thing I think of. <laughs> How about you, Beth? I think, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a true believer in everything happens for a reason. And, and uh, I love to read about um, something called archetypes. I don't know if you know much about archetypes. And archetypes is no. something where... All that we all have an archetype, more than one, and it, it plays a huge role as into our behaviours consciously and subconsciously. And I think that and one of the beliefs under that archetype umbrella is that every kind of seven years, if your life is not on uh, we're gonna go deep here, Kate. But if your life is not oh, on God. the right path um, every seven years, chaos will just come to your life in that seventh year and push you onto the right path. And I think um for me, it was, um, I went into fashion buying from after school and I'd always been a performer before that. But then getting to 16, I went down the academic route, went to, did my GCSEs, A-levels, went to university and then got into the fashion marketing, became a fashion buyer. And when I got to the age of 28, which would have been my seventh year, I was with Kelvin and Kelvin was very much in Emmerdale and I was in that kind of mixing in that industry, but so far out of that industry with my job. And then I um, was asked to sing in a musical uh, to play Mimi in a musical and then sing with one of my friends. And I think that that then all these things linked together that then in my 28th year, I decided to quit my job and then go to drama school, go back to drama school. And me and Kelvin had just moved in together and I said to him, listen, I know we've just moved in together, but I've actually been offered a place at drama school. I've got to move to London next month and <sighs> I'm just going to do this and, and, and go with it. And, and I'm so miserable at work now. It's not working out for me. This, this is what I feel is the right thing to do. And he was like, go for it. If that's what you want, go for it. You know, we weren't engaged. We didn't have kids. We didn't have any re- responsibilities as such. And I went, and when I look back at that being, you know, the performing always there being under my nose with Kelvin, yeah. with my friends. Then, and I've never looked back now. And everything that has happened has always had that performance link. Even this farm, doing a TV show when we were trying to buy the farm, a TV show was never even considered. It wasn't even on our agenda. And then that just all fell into place with it. And I sometimes wonder if that was my year where everything was just going to slot in and this was the path 
to be on. A thespian. And together to be a, thes- to be a, a farming thespian. <laughs> yeah, you are. And don't forget, almost a pin up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stick that on your my CV. number one. <laughs> Oh, but, but how wonderful as well that you had so much support. So, Kelvin, your girlfriend's just moved in with you. You're obviously deeply loved up. And then she goes, um, yeah, ta-da, I'm off to London, seek my fortune. Um, well, or I'm going to go and find out if this is my calling, because you were already doing that for a living. That, how did that feel for you? Uh, I mean, pretty easy. Go for it. If it's what you want to do, that you know, how, how can I ever get the best out of you if you're not getting the best out of yourself? You know, you, that, that's just that old saying, isn't it? You've got to be the best version of yourself to fulfil anybody's expectations, or you know that. So I, I'd weirdly expect that you know that returned if I wanted to go and pursue a passion, a dream, a, um, <clears throat> regardless of the implications that might have us. You know, thingy. I think you've got to be selfless and kind of say, "Well, you go. If that's what you want, then you absolutely have to go for it." You know, I don't we ever want to. We're open-minded ah. in that kind of area, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. I think you know, you've got to be. You've got to let um, <clears throat> your, your, your loved one, somebody you, you, you care for and love. You want them to absolutely mm. chase their goals, their dreams, and you don't ever want to mm. hold them back. You know, and sometimes yeah, we just moving together to then know that you. Your girlfriend's going to be living in London, and it's like that. You know, that has a detrimental effect on me because I think, well, what? Okay, well, it's suddenly, you know, there's, there's, you're not going to see each other every single day. So that's quite hard to take selfishly, personally. But it wasn't about me; it was about Liz. And I was like, well, if that's genuinely what you wanted to do, then do it. And then it's that whole thing is, oh, so, so you just want me to go dead easy? You're not even going <laughs> to? It's like, well, yeah, if you want to do it, go do it. Oh, I thought so she was then thinking, do you not care about me? Do you not want to like beg me to stay? Beg me not to do it? I'm like, you're not going to. Yeah, women are so complicated. I just wanted the attention, you know? <laughs> just tell me you love me. <laughs> I mean, actually, what he did was all the right things in all the right, at all the right points. And you still were like, oh, really? So you're quite happy about this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> what kind of a boyfriend are you? <laughs> I'm going to go then. See ya. Ta-da. Tap danced out of the front door. <laughs> We're on to our final question then. Question number three for you both. Now, sometimes... In order for someone to step up, someone else has to fall down. And Kelvin, that was absolutely true for you when you replaced Jamie Lang, who was injured on Strictly. And famously, you went on to win the show. So I wanted to know from you both, when else in life, someone else's misfortune in turn uh, has been a bit of a bittersweet blessing in disguise? Do you know, I hate to bring it, like, it's not everything is revolved around this farm, but I've got to <laughs> say the farm, because actually... When we first saw it, it was sold. Was it? And we, yeah, it was already sold. And you were, you were like, oh, that was that would have just been the perfect thing place. that we, yeah, the perfect place, the perfect location. And then what happened was, we were starting to unfold into this pandemic, and whoever had bought it had pulled out. And then we got the call to say it's back on the market, do you want it? So we quickly got in there and, and we're like, yeah, we'll view it. And, and it went from there. Yeah, yeah, so if, if, you know, 
if we hadn't have had the pandemic, would we have the farm? Would we live here? Would we have the show? Probably not. Wow. Part of your example with Jamie Lang, I remember hearing that news and, and we were, I think, were we away at the time? Oh, no, we just got back and yeah. my agent rang me and it was just, I think I said to my agent, well, what's happened to you? It's good. And my agent was like, you know, he's fine, he's fine, but unfortunately, Kelvin, this is your, and you know, very upbeat and, and, uh, and I couldn't help but think, and I didn't know Jamie, I didn't even know it was Jamie at the time, I just knew it was somebody, but I knew how much I'd wanted to do the show. I knew that for two years prior to that, I'd auditioned for it and for whatever reason they didn't want me. And, and it was kind of, I'd said no to so many of those type of shows because I was just kind of holding out for, for Strictly. For me, it was a show that we watched as a family. It's very hard as an actor to come away from a soap. You unfortunately, and I don't know why it's, it's wrong, you know, some ridiculously talented actors in, in soap who work harder than, well, I've just finished a drama and I worked, I worked far harder on a, on a soap than I did on a drama, um, mm. just for the nature of the, of the, of the work. And you just kind of stigmatize and, and seen as a soap actor, you know, no, I'm an actor. I'm just so happen to be on a soap currently, you know, it does, I can act in a whole different range of, of, of formats and, 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 you know, disciplines, theater, radio, whatever it might be. So it's hard enough to come away from a soap to then go and do, associate yourself with, with a, a reality show or an entertainment show. Again, you, you know, it's bringing the, I don't know why for me, it doesn't make you a bad actor, but the way the industry is, and it's so selective and, and sometimes a little bit snobby you kind of put yourself back at the, the queue, you know, back at the line again. So mm. um, I, I, I kind of held out for Shitley. And, and then when, it, when I had the nose, it was, it was a little bit of a, a crushing blow, really. But that's part of it. You, you know, as an actor, jobbing actor, you get many no's and, and that's, that's all part of the process. So then when this did come, he was like, well, I just know how much I kind of wanted to do it. And now someone's, someone's misfortune right there. And I, and I felt a little bit guilty in taking that on. Um, but that's where you have, I guess, got to be a little bit selfish to think, well, it's simply, you know, it's a redirection for him or her, you know, what hasn't worked out for them, maybe that's opened another door up for, for them elsewhere. It's opened this door up for me, but maybe for them, you know, who knows what they've got on the hey, so I just Hey, he went back and had a great time. And, yeah, you know, exactly, so actually, yeah. he, it, all he did was defer his place for a year, but it gave you a chance to go and truly shine. I mean... Really shine. You slam dunked that glitter ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should have had it in the background. Should have got it in the background, actually. Shouldn't we? Oh, Should have just had it here. Yeah. yeah, just there. Like, I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> Joe, it's been so lovely spending an hour with you two. I've been rooting for you for the last three weeks with your BBC show. I never knew I would care so much about Kelvin's ability to overcome cutting poo from a sheep's bum, but I did. I was so glad. I'm so pleased today to hear that you've moved through that. I wish you so well with everything. And I hope in years to come, you are sat in your armchairs, spilling tea down yourselves, going, do you remember <laughs> when we moved to this farm and had loads of crazy kids? <laughs> yeah. Um, how's, how's it been so, sitting down and talking about and to each other today? must be quite, uh, well, you said you've not done it for a while because life is busy. Yeah, it's been nice, actually, hasn't it? It's, it's, it been, it's, been, it's been a really busy few months, you know, up to a year. You nearly so said years. I then. nearly said years. <laughs> yeah. but, but it has, it feels like it has been a really busy, busy time. And it's been a nice little break. It's been like having a nice little cup of tea with your mate. This is what I do. You know, I go meet my mates for lunch. This is what it's like. You just talk, <laughs> yeah. Just talk. You gotta get. You gotta come for lunch one day. <laughs> it's been great, Kate. So I, I, uh, I think it's always nice to. It's always nice to share. 
to appreciate one another and, and, and kind of, you know, showcase and demonstrate, um, you know, what, what you, what you mean and, and, and what you value. Um, I guess hopefully the show, what it represents is I was very mindful of, you know, we've got this idyllic life, um, you know, as two, albeit successful-ish actors or in the chosen paths and, and, and they've, you know, very lucky and fortunate to be, to be, you know, doing what they're doing. For me and my roots and what, what, what ultimately my DNA is and the person I am, it's, it's, it's a long way from, from where I've come from, but I still wanted to try and represent and I didn't want to alienate myself or our life from people who understandably, you know, are in different situations and not quite as fortunate and not quite as had the same opportunities. I still wanted to make sure that it's relatable what we're doing. The subject is somewhat irrelevant. It's someone's journey and the willingness to, to be vulnerable and to make mistakes. And I think you can apply that to any walk of life, you know, whether you've always fancied doing, having a new job or a friendship that's, or a relationship that you've not had for a while. It's just not quite working. And just to have the, the guts and the balls to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going for it. And sometimes when your head says no, but your heart says yes, it's just, you just got to follow that. So. You know, I'd, I'd like to think that there's somebody, maybe somewhere in the centre of London with a one-bedroom flat can think, I'm going to start growing my own veg. You know, <laughs> maybe there is a direct connection to, to agriculture where they think, well, actually, I can do, I can be, you know, do something myself and have a little bit of a taste of the countryside. Or whether it's something completely different and what they see is two young people who might be naive or a bit foolish or a bit, a bit stupid at times with a lack of understanding or knowledge, but... Like I said, that's temporary and you've just got to throw yourself into those into the deep end and, and back yourself because as an actor, in you know, not everybody believes in you. As you know, for two times audition for Shitley, for whatever reason, I just wasn't the right fit. Somebody somewhere probably didn't believe in me or for whatever reason and even though I always believed in me, as I'm sure you, you know yourself, Kay, uh, in our industry, you've got to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, well, nobody will. And, and, and that's all we've done is we've believed in ourselves, taken a leap of faith. Uh, yes, it might be silly to some people or a bit foolish, but you know what? We've had a go and, and we're loving it. And the amount of farmers and proper farmers have really kind of taken their act to and, and, and reached out to us and said, you know what? Yes, you haven't got a clue what you're doing at times, but I wish you all the best because you're doing more than most. You know, you're having a go. And, and that for me, hopefully, what it represents. And hopefully people will watch that and relate to hopefully us as a family, the struggles of a family. I think the later episodes, you'll see that I'm having a little chat with Marnie and, and she's kind of said that, Daddy, you know, you've, you've been busy lately. I've not really. And that's heartbreaking to have your little five-year-old. But that happens, doesn't it? You know, it's finding that balance, that life balance mm. is tough, especially as a working mum, you know, single mum, single dad, both, whatever it might, whatever the family dynamic is, it's hard to find that balance in life because you've got so many people to satisfy. You've got to put food on the table. You've got your own dreams, ambitions. You've got your own friendships. There's so much to contend with. So we kind of delve into that a little bit. And, and regardless of this idyllic life and this laughter and, and adventure, at the heart of it, we still face the same struggles that every family will face. You know, So hopefully that there's an insight yeah. and, and that'll be, for me, that was important to showcase throughout the whole show. Do you know what? One of the loveliest things that I've taken from from what you've just said there is that so much, so many of us hold ourselves back from trying new experiences because we think we don't have the knowledge. But you just summed it up so beautifully there. That's only temporary. We can all learn. Mm. And you've taken the most gigantic leap of faith together. I really wish you well. I really hope the farm works. And Liz, good luck with pushing those two babies out. <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to need it all. <laughs> 
Respect to you and continued success. And listen, I'm a little bit of a fan of Jilly. Can you just say I said hi? I will do. We will. We'll get you her autograph. We're all Jilly fans. Like the... <laughs> Thanks! She's like the Spice Girls of the Peak District. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. How lovely are they? I wish them nothing but good fortune in their farming ventures and, of course, with the delivery of the twins. Uh, if you want to catch uh, Liz and Calvin, uh, you can make sure that you tune in every Monday, 8.30, BBC One, uh, for their big farming adventure or, of course, download it on iPlayer. Now, if you've loved listening in on some fascinating insights into our guest married life, then there's plenty more where that came from in our back catalogue. We've got episodes with Joe Swash and Stacey Solomon, with Martin and Shirley Kemp, Denise Welsh and her husband Lincoln Townley. We've also got great solo episodes with Ruth Langsford and Eamon Holmes, which I can also heartily recommend. So why not forage around? And if you like it, Talk to me on social media. Let us know what you think. As always, White Wine Question Time is produced by me, Kate Thornton, with Ben Robbins for Yahoo UK. Editing is by Eleanor Humphrey, and our music is from Andy Bell. His solo material and work with Ryden Oasis is available, well, everywhere. We'll be back next Friday with more great guests. I'll see you then. Listener.